Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Well, hello and welcome to another of the Pearls of Wisdom podcast episodes. And this episode is going back to basics where I get to know my guest. And you'll, you'll have heard these where I ask set questions and we get to know exactly how this person ticks, how we can work with them and how you can move forward. But my guest today is a lovely, lovely lady that you will already have met through the International Women's Day series. Today, I'm speaking to Annette Greenwood. Welcome, Annette. Thank you, Pearl. Always a pleasure to share time and space with you. Always. Thank you so much. Now, Annette's Annette is a personal coach and an author. Now, I know when we started the International Women's Day, I just went back to the profile. But this time, I'm like I said, I'm going back to my roots and I'm giving you your proper title. So I will say to all listeners, make sure you've got pen and paper ready, even if it means that you hit pause at the minute. Get your notepad, get your pen ready, because this interview will be full of pearls of wisdom. So without further ado, lovely lady, I'm going to launch in to these questions because this is where we get to know just how Annette ticks, how we can work with you and the the listeners will then feel, yes, love this lady as much as I do and we want to work with her. So to start off with Annette, can you describe your career path to date, please? Right. If I start to go over time or anything, Pearl, stick your finger up and prompt me because I can go (laughs) on forever with this. So I'm trying to be quite succinct with it, but uh, my career, in a really strange way, has been led by a lot of synchronicity. And I know we've had this discussion a few times, haven't we? And to think, oh, probably 30 years ago, I was packing sugar in a factory with a dream to change my life and other people's lives. And that happened as a, as a result of being made redundant. So I went from kind of from working in the same job for 20 years uh, to knowing that there was something more out there for me and I started working in care because I I loved the idea of being able to help and support people and little did I know that this path would continue to wind and so I did this this working care for a while and then we moved area out of York across here to the Yorkshire Dales and again, there were synchronicities. Um, it was at the time that the foot and mouth disease was on, which was a really bad time over here for farming and things. And I was I found myself a job in a deli um, and because I just needed to do something till I found, found my place really in the world and what I wanted to do. But I'd always had this thing, Pearl, where I found when I could speak to people, they would share things with me. Even if I hadn't asked them, they'd just share it. And my husband would say, oh, Nick, if you could bottle this, there's got to be something. And I thought, what does he mean? What does he mean? Anyway, this kind of went on. And um, I was working in this little deli. And it was at the time of the foot and mouth. And people were coming in and sharing all their stories with me. 
and I was listening and I was you know empathizing and I was giving them experiences and helping them to think and focus on something else that might be better there might be something better come out of this and how that might look and how it might manifest itself and um I remember going home and I was telling my husband who was in actual who was in animal feed at the time it was a really bad time in our in our lives really not a very good experience and again he was saying about you know there must be something you've got something where people feel drawn to share with you and then I got a really nasty bout of flu and I was laid on the sofa feeling sorry for myself as you do and I was just leading to a magazine and this magazine was talking about life coaching and how it helped people to think about their lives and change about their lives I thought well, I could do I could do that. I've got all this experience and all this knowledge and all these things that I've been able to to overcome in my life, all these adversities. I'm sure I could help other people. So I was training in my life coach training, but at the same time, again, another synchronicity happened, and I ended up um in the third sector, and I, I worked there for 15 years in the end, Pearl managing projects for them so I they would have an idea and I would take the idea and I would make it into a project so it might have been isolated people meals on wheels befriending and I would work on these projects and I'd manage them and I'd work in them so I was very hands-on I was really not very good at sort of taking my hands off I had to be involved in it up to the neck in it all for it to, to, to get a feel for it and I would make all these projects work really well. And then the, um, the most successful one, they're all community projects, but the most successful one was um, working with women <clears throat> in the community after I'd been sort of headhunted by um, an organisation to work in, in women's prison. Um, so I was in there for two years, not as an inmate, I should say, but as a, as a coach helping these women to focus on this is where I am now, where I want to go. And when I finished that contract, I then again went into the probation service, not working for the probation service, but through a local college that had heard about my work. So I was out in the community again, where I was really thriving because I just loved being out and about, working with people in the community, helping them build up their confidence and skills. So this this kind of continued and the project itself got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I found I was having to get mentors to support what I was doing. And it, it, I was doing one to one coaching, working with mentors. We had a women's group that supported this network of women who were vulnerable or in, in you know, in not in very good places in the life. So that continued. And then um somebody else heard about my work and I started to do a panel on um, BBC Tees, which is a local TV station. I used to go on there every month and I just loved it, Pearl. People would be ringing up with questions about all sorts of stuff about, you know, my dustbins aren't getting emptied every week. And there was like three of us on there just really sharing like you do our pearls of wisdom about how people could sort of um, get that sort of problem sorted. So I was doing the radio stuff um, and then I was writing articles as well for different well, sort of interview mag- interview articles there were. I did some stuff for Kindred Spirit magazine. I wrote a couple of articles there um, and then I was getting um, sort of interviews from like, newspapers and, and things like that, which was really, really exciting. 
And then I decided to write my book. So I wrote a book. This is all while I'm still doing all this other work. And then I was doing my private coaching work as well. So I found that the two together really worked, Pearl. So I was doing community work, private coaching work. I then didn't have that much time for writing as well. But this kind of continued. It's just continued and evolved till till I'm at this point now where I've met, I've met you know, lovely people like yourself been doing some podcasts um and then last year in the lockdown I was still working so as well as this as well as all this other stuff going on I actually decided to to move out of the third sector um and uh, again another synchronicity I know you and I keep talking about them but they just seemed so divinely at the time I ended up being offered some work with the National Lottery Community Fund so I've been working for them now um, just over two years, as well as doing my own work. And for them, it's um, a very corporate organisation. It's a very people in the lead focused organisation. They are very much about what people, they want people to speak up and, and share. And um, the customer service is at a very high level. So with my coaching background, I'm able to speak you know, one-to-one and encourage people about how to apply for funding and work with charities, some big charities, some small charities, but all very much community driven. So whilst this was going on last year, I was still able to work from home um, because I wasn't going to go into leads into the office or anything. Everything was locked down, as we know. And I thought, you know, the energy seems really flat. So I'm very much into sort of Chinese medicine and things like that. I've practiced Tai Chi for years and meditated for years. But then I got the opportunity to train as a Qigong instructor. So I was doing my work and training and getting up really early on the morning to practice my Qigong moves and everything. I had to take an exam at the end of it. So I sort of completed that. And the more I was doing that and the more benefit I was feeling from my health and well-being, the more I was getting interested in it and more looking about ageless living because I'm a big believer in age is a number there's no nothing should hold you back nothing should hold you back in terms of your age and so many people tell me that well I'm in my 20s I'm too young or I'm too old in my 40s or 50s and I just kind of eye wash that because it's not relevant we've got to look past that so I was getting more and more into that and alongside that I was getting as you would call it downloads from spirit so, and if I'm honest, when I was coaching people, I was I was giving them information from spirit that I actually didn't know where it was coming from until I realised I was connected in into source and things. And then I found that people would ask me to give them information. So I might have maybe business women. I know one in particular. Every time she makes a business decision, she'll say, "Right, I need to I need to do a reading with me." And so I, I do use some cards. But those cards are kind of just as a picture to tell a story for that person. And I just get the information from spirit. So I found that my coaching sessions have evolved into practical skills, practical coaching, strategies and all that kind of stuff. But very much um, with this ethos, if you like, from spirit where they've just changed and evolved. And it's changed and evolved me. Now, it might not be for some people, Pearl, and that's totally fine. But for others who are open to it, there's so much information and so much benefit that you can get from doing kind of coaching in that way. So that's a bit of a, 
a long snapshot <laughs> of my career to date. Do you know go over time there, Pearl? No, go it was absolutely perfect. And yes, my favourite word, synchronicities. This yeah. is why you and I get on so well and everything you're saying. I've had conversations with people on LinkedIn where they've said business and spirituality don't go together. And I'm here to say, I think you and I both will say they complement each other perfectly because you've got the spiritual side, the intuition, the law of attraction, the universe and the business acumen and knowledge. If you put the two together, you will fly with everything you're doing. Is this some? Would you agree with that? I would. And do you know something, Pearl? Quite a few years ago, it was maybe my mindset at the time, but I thought I need to keep these two separate because there's that audience out there who are going to absolutely be horrified that I'm a, a, a coach with all these kind of qualifications and experience. And then I start to talk about spirit and information from spirit. They'll be horrified. And then I thought, so then I keep them separate. But then actually I realised probably only over the last couple of years, the people who are drawn to work with me will be drawn to work with me because of the of the way I work. And if they're not, that's totally fine as well. So, yeah, now I'm with you 100%. The two go very well together. And there's something I'll mention a little bit later, and that'll just resonate with you again, I think, about that, about how spirituality and business do go together. I'm sure of it. They do. And it is. It's I know in social media terms, they say it's all the big the big buzzwords are you connect with your tribe. And that is just it. Whatever whatever work you do, you might be there might be lots of coaches, but people gyrate to you for your personality, for your energy. So it's saying to anyone out there listening, be your authentic self, because that's what people want to work with. And the more you lead from the heart the more you connect with the right people that are your people that you should be working with yeah and that thing about the authenticity pearl as well somebody said to me a few weeks ago about um oh and when we do this just be your yourself and I said I don't know how to be anything else because I don't want to be anything else but my authentic self I don't want to pretend to be somebody I'm not and there might be I might have aspirations to um, be like a certain person how they speak or or learn from them but I don't want to be them I just want to be me and and hone in on what I've got that I was just given naturally really so authenticity is so important I think in business you know definitely you do I know oh. you do Definitely. This is going to lead me to my next question. So all the listeners, they can see, they can start to form a picture of how wonderful Annette Greenwood is. So Annette, can you name three things that made you choose your current career and why? Some of it you might have touched upon on your career path, but are there three things that you'd say really stand out that led you to what you're doing now and why? Yeah, the um, being in the foot and mouth crisis. And hearing how so many people had problems in their lives and thought they were insurmountable, which they are at the time, she was that person. But being able to be that, open that gateway up for them to see through the other side of that gate, that that was the thing that I was like, I can do this, I can do this. And then the all the life experience that I'd had from going back to my first marriage of domestic violence to us losing our business to all sorts of things like that 
to be able to resonate with people on that level with what was going on for them. So that that was really important to me to be, you know, able to do that. And then the third thing was around the coaching, that article that I'd read, and I saw that and it just smacked me in the face. And I thought, wow, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I didn't want to be a, a counsellor per se. I wanted to be able to give people ways of thinking differently and open those doors, as I said earlier, into a different life if that's what they were choosing to do. So those are the three things, really. Oh, this is wonderful. And this is going back almost to the spiritual idea. Really, I think because a lot yours and my journey have been similar. And it, it, now knowing what we do, that's universe, that's spirit, putting these tests in front of us to make us stronger so that we are prepared for what our sole purpose is moving forward. It really seems to be that. And that, yeah, the, that inner strength and um, purpose that you feel, when you don't have that, I feel so blessed and fortunate to have, although we've come through some really horrendous, horrific experiences, uh, both my husband and I, but to get to this point where I can say and feel such peace in my heart and I'm happy with that, that I know there's nothing that I can't overcome as a result of having that strength to be able to, to follow my passions and purpose in life. Yeah, definitely, definitely. This is absolutely wonderful. I'm going to say now, the energy on this interview is off the charts. But it's, I mean, it always is. When you and I sit down to chat, it is, I mean, that energy and the connection is just wonderful. And I know that the listeners are going to be finding this mm-hmm. as well. I'm going to move on to this next question. And again, this is about your business. It's This is bringing mm-hmm. out your core essence, as it were. So again, the listeners can say, yes, we want to work with Annette. What key values does your business offer you? Okay, so I can say these completely from the heart. The first one is integrity. It's so important for me to have personal integrity. And if I don't think I'm suitable to work with somebody or them, me, I would be honest and say that. I couldn't just pretend. The second thing is about honesty. Um, For me, it's really important to um, be honest in in all my business dealings and with with people so that we they know that they are safe working with me, whether it be you, a a client or somebody else in business. Honesty is so important to me. And without that, I just just can't can't function without that. And the third thing is openness um, about where I'm at or or how I want to work with somebody, or if I get a sense that somebody's in a place where it's really not right for them to have coaching at this time, I would be honest and refer them on to another professional. I just, again, I wouldn't sit there and just take it for the money. I would never do that. It's always about openness for me. So those three are fundamentally my spiritual, my spiritual, you know, um, feelings about it really as well. Those values come from spirit inside. Yeah. Definitely. And and what you've said, I think, epitomises all good business as well. I think everyone, I mean, when you when you actually start a contract with anything where we sign things, be it for insurance, whether it be for our electric that's coming through to the house and everything, we sign from a place of honesty. And if you can't have that, 
it's almost it almost goes back to the dark ages when people would duel and everything because they'd feel that they'd been crossed yeah. and it's, it's understanding if you haven't got honesty as that platform to grow from you're not going to grow at least that relationship with someone because it's fake and you will be found out if you're telling porky pies and saying you've done this and done that when you haven't or saying that you're qualified in something that you haven't you will be found out be honest you will still get your clients and they will resonate with where you are in your journey but it has to be from that place of honesty and integrity as you say most definitely and I'm sure, Paul, both you and I have had experience of working with people where those three values haven't been present and it comes across really strongly. It does. And like you say, I mean, there's, there's places where I have been very badly burnt. It's in my nature to naturally help people. Yeah. And I brought someone in when I was working with a client. They wanted someone else. They wanted it to grow. And they said, who do you know that does, does similar to you? And I got this person in on a higher day rate than they'd ever have in, had in their life. And after six weeks, she tried to trash me and tried to get me kicked off the project when I brought her in. But luckily, I'm afraid it backfired on her. But it taught me a lesson that, yes, you've got to be, it's in your nature to help. But if people aren't authentic and they're going to lie and they are then going to, um, come back and stab you in the back be prepared because sometimes you don't know these people as well as you think you do no no you don't and 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 that again we had that conversation before didn't we about that where you think people are authentic and um you do help and support them and then it comes back to bite you on the bottom so yeah, yeah you, you have to learn from that don't you but, and also about those boundaries and listening to things listening to the um messages that your body's giving you about these kind of things uh, that's all through learning isn't it pearl you're not naturally born with these things it's all the all the while as we're growing and learning as human beings yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it has, the, these things that have happened to me hasn't changed my personality it's maybe no. made me see that when i see that type of personality again i can recognize it quicker so i know to be on my guard and put up the boundaries as you say but I wouldn't want to change who I was I'd never want to do that because that's my essence that's again when you're your authentic self that's who gyrates to you that's how you connect with the right people that you need to work with and those uh the lessons I think that I've learned is when I and I remember going into an organization for an interview and I went into this interview and it was absolutely I just felt this 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 feeling of it this isn't right it isn't right and I stupidly took the job and within about a month the the people that I was working with they were stabbing stabbing me in the back in a big in a big way in a big way pearl similar to the experience you had I'd never never go there again never I would never just make that same mistake but you you saying that that's triggered a memory years ago when I was first setting up and I do a lot of work through recruitment agencies so I go and register with them because sometimes as a limited company as a sole trader you can't work with the large corporates you need that middleman that sort of makes the introduction and I was signing on to um, a local recruitment agency and they covered everything so I was going in to do management senior management stuff but they also did a lot of things 
And this bloke, I mean, the easiest way to explain it, if I said he was hench, I think most people listening would know what I meant by this bloke. A really tight T-shirt, short sleeves and muscles to die for. <laughs> and this this recruitment agent, young girl, was supposed to be interviewing me and she spent more time with him and she couldn't take her eyes off of him. And I just sat there and I thought, right, and I looked at her and I said, you have just shown me I cannot work with you. I said, if you are not prepared to spend the time to get to know me where, yes, he might look good, but I will bring more money in for you than he will. And yet you can't even spend the time to speak to me. I'm not taking this interview any further. And I got up and left. And the area manager reached out two weeks later and apologised to me. I still didn't work with the recruitment company because I didn't feel they would represent me. But it, it's knowing you have to know your worth and stand up for yourself at times and know when to back away. And well done for doing that, Pearl, because not a lot of people would have done that, would they? Would have carried on. But that, that again, is about your integrity, isn't it? And knowing that, and again... It, once you start talking about this, I had a, an experience, not not quite the same as you, but with somebody who quite high profile, supposed to be rep representing me with something and spent all the time on the phone. And I got a really uncomfortable feeling about that. Yeah. Well, if you can't spend 20, 25 minutes with me talking about what it is that I want and you're spending all that time on your phone, it's not going to work, is it? No, no. You need to spend the time. If you are working with someone you give them your sole attention for that time because it goes back to being authentic and being trustworthy and having integrity and everything it all comes back to your values as you said from the very beginning doesn't it yeah I and mean, people have to get to know you to like you and to trust you before they are maybe even comfortable or confident to even work with you but it's got to start somewhere. The relationship has to start somewhere. And that's so important. It's relationship-based, isn't it? Whether it's work, business or otherwise, it's still a relationship. And as we go back to like we were saying, yes, there might be lots of people that do what we do, but mm. there's still plenty of fish in the sea to connect to us. But likewise, like when I work through recruitment agencies, when you're working with people and we're looking for people to work with their services, if they don't give us their undivided attention, we're not going to work with them. There'll be plenty of others that offer the same thing. We're going to move on and take mm -hmm. our service elsewhere and actually give that service to someone else because if you can't aren't prepared to serve your clients and to serve and speak to the people that are interested in working with you, I'm sorry you don't deserve to be in business. <laughs> no, no, I would agree. I would agree. And I think throughout lockdown as well, there's been a lot of, um, there's been quite a different, a switch really because there's been so much more home deliveries and things like that you know like back in the day isn't it when, yes. when well, sorry when I was a child we'd get a lot of home deliveries and it's actually nice to see people on your doorstep again and speaking to you when they're delivering things it's quite yeah. nice it's quite quite refreshing isn't it and it's it's what's been missing for a bit um um one of the things I absolutely have a pet hate is bad customer service yeah I really do and my husband laughs at me when I talk about it. I say, that's really poor. If it wasn't for the fact that me did that, I'd walk out. Because, you know, you've got people on the phones. We went to a wedding once and there was a couple behind the bar. And they were pulling a pint. Um, I think we were waiting for a, a glass of orange or something because we were driving. And they were talking about a date that they'd had the night before with each other. 
in front of earshot, I thought, this is so bad. And it yeah. just reminds me about how important it is to have good customer service. It doesn't have to be um, it doesn't have to be all singing and all dancing, but just to be attentive and be with that person. That is so important. I mean, that reminds me, you know, when you're in interviews and they ask you certain things and they say to you, what, name something that you dislike. And mm. I will always say ignorance and arrogance because there is no excuse for bad manners. Manners cost nothing and they can change a situation for the good or bad. But it's like that when you say ignorance is just pure bad manners and I'm afraid arrogance, if you get too high, you're going to be knocked off your pedestal. There's being confident and there's being arrogant and they are two completely different things and you need to understand that. Oh, 100%. Definitely. Definitely. God, we're always so much on the same page, Pearl. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Well, I'm going to go back to these questions. Now, this one, this one you will recognise from corporate because probably you and I get asked this question or we ask our clients this. Annette, what keeps you awake at night? Will you believe me when I say nothing other than my husband snoring from time to time? Oh, this is perfect. Because I do, I I go to bed with a clear conscience and I go to bed with my, my little mantra every night about being grateful for the day, gratitude for whatever's happened, whether it be good or bad, um, and just kind of turn it over to the universe. And then when I get into bed, after we've said good night, I just meditate off to sleep and that's it. I'm usually gone. <laughs> so I haven't, I don't, nothing keeps me awake, even when. Even when, um, using the example of my husband was in intensive care, I was coming home and I was sleeping 12 hours a time. Mm-hmm. And my body just seems to go into, right, this is what you need. We're going to just shut everything down for a bit while you rest. And I would just sleep solidly. And then I took, the following day, I'd be totally refreshed again. But it's almost like my body puts me into sleep mode and it doesn't doesn't wake me up until time to wake up. Does that sound a little bit weird because of the work we both do? It can be quite high pressured and quite quite full on, can't it? The only time I have a bit of a, a restless night is if I've worked till late and I've not wound down enough and then I'm awake when I go to bed. This is wonderful. And this is why I put this question in. Yes, it's something that you ask corporate if you're going to do a coaching or a consultancy piece. But it also lets the listener know if you can fall asleep at night, you know you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And where you've said that, even when you've got trials going on and your mind could be racing, it shows that intuitively the universe, your guides, everything you do know what is best for you you're so aligned that you know that you can do your mantra and fall asleep and that that's a lovely place to be and that just tells me yet again you are so suited to what you're doing and you are in perfect alignment if you were saying oh yes this keeps me awake that keeps me awake you then say well maybe do you need to pivot on something so it's it's the most perfect answer it really is (laughs) you've got me thinking because yes I've got my stuff I do in the morning and I do have a wind down thing that I do at night. I haven't always been doing it recently and I need to get back. And it's always it's it's you hear these messages because it it is you're told, right, get back on track. This is what you need to do. So, yes, it is, isn't it? It's a bit of a, oh, God, I normally do that. And um, I haven't been doing it. I've been too busy. But making the time to do that 
yeah. makes you feel more efficient, doesn't it? It makes you feel okay and right within yourself. Yeah. I mean, this is where I go into my tech speak. I'm terrible. Anyone that can see, I wear gadgets. I am tech mad. I love my Apple stuff. I've got an <laughs> Apple Watch. And I've got a Fitbit. I've still got my Fitbit because the people I'm connected to, I do challenges every week and I am the most competitive person on the planet. So I have to keep my Fitbit on. So I'm wearing two. Where they, they monitor my heart rate and I can get quite anal about it. I'm terrible. But I will look at my heart rate. When I do my wind down, my heart rate will drop further i get a better night's sleep than if like you say there are times when i'm excited when i've got downloads and i know there are times i won't sleep i sleep for three hours and then i wake up but when i know i can't get back to sleep that's when i'm afraid i sit up and i think no these are downloads i need to be working on and i start working which i know is bad but this is where you monitor but when i do everything you like the routines that you um you've shared my heart rate's better. It means my health's better. I sleep better. My REM sleep's better. My deep sleep amount. I mean, I told you, see, I'm into my tech stuff, but you see such a difference mm. when you do it correctly. Yes. And so that is a reminder and a bit of a telling off from Spirit for Pearl. Yes, it is. It, it's a, this is synchronicities. Again, we said we would be guided to say whatever is needed. So that mm. spirit reminded me, yes, get back on track and keep doing that so thank you for that see see you're giving me ideas and actually getting me back on track <laughs> now i'm gonna move on to this next question and this oh. is for all those listeners this again work-wise it's setting the it's setting the picture of and everything so annette where and how do you work best so i do work well at home because I'm used to um, loan working and things like that with all the previous roles that I've had, even though they were community based, I did a lot of work from home and and doing coaching things on Zoom. So that I also work well as a team because I like that banter that you get from each other. And, you know, when you're bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah. So I do like that as well. And um, working for the lottery was very much a team camaraderie. There's lots of teams, talks and meetings. If something happens in the world, it's wherever teams meeting about it. So and it's a very supportive environment. So I do like that. But again, I also like the solitude that I can get from just being in my little office here, where if I want to write something or just spend some time, maybe get getting some ideas. Just being around in my own space is really good for me. I'm not frightened of my own company. I'm very happy in my own space. So and and having been in lockdown for this period of time going for a walk in nature then coming home just refreshes me yeah so all those things together combine makes it work for me pal mm. yep i love that i love that and you saying that yes i'm type 2 diabetes so i've i've been shielding i love walking in nature and i did it once about three months ago when we first went into lockdown i didn't do it i thought no and I thought, no, I mean, it's lovely weather. It's when we had the nice weather in February, I think. And I went on my normal walk and no one self-distanced. And I came home and I was terrified. So I'm afraid I'm back on my treadmill in the garage. I don't see the lovely stuff, but I will 
I will multitask and I put a YouTube meditation on at the same time. So I'll be walking, getting the exercise and I'm, I'm, I'm nurturing my inner self as well. So, yes, you saying that. Love that idea. Love that idea completely. <laughs> you, you know, they're doing it in your garage thing as well. I don't think it matters, does it, where you do your exercise, as long as you do what works for you. And if for you that was unsafe, isn't it, being around people who aren't social distancing, you've got to look after yourself. So having that, you know, if you've got your headphones on in the garage and keeping fit, if that works, it's all about what works for you, isn't it? Because one size doesn't fit all. It is. And quite often you put exercise in the mix and that's where you get your downloads. I remember the first time I thought, right, 15 minutes on the treadmill, and I put the headphones on and by the time I got off, I got three ideas that I wanted to do because I was taking time away. The endorphins and everything were kicking in and it does make a difference. And like, I do that early in the morning because I know then no matter what happens for the rest of the day, I've done the exercise. I've fitted it in. Whereas otherwise, if I say, oh, I do it later, sometimes yeah. later doesn't happen. And that's when you get into your bad habits again. <laughs> I would agree with that a, a million percent because I've there's been times again during lockdown when things were really busy and we're in meetings. I'd say, all right, I'll go for I'll just have this meeting and I'll go for a walk and then blow me down. The meeting went on forever and a day and didn't get the walk. And of course, it was in the winter. It's dark at four or four thirty, and because of where I live, there's no street lights as such. So and you don't want to be walking out that time of day. So. It's about disciplining yourself, isn't it, into keeping up with these positive habits that enhance your health and well-being. Definitely. And I'm going, I'm going to add a book here. I know later down, later in the interview, I ask about books. Oh, but Robin Sharma, 5am Club. I've got that on Audible and I listen to it regularly. And if you listen to that, anyone that hasn't listened to it, I urge you to. And anyone that has, I say, listen to it again, because it does, it instills what the entrepreneurs and everything do. The 5am club, where you literally, you're up at five, you do your meditation, you do your exercise, you set your gratitude, you set yourself up for the day. And those that have joined the 5am club, you'd find you get more and more done. And I know from corporate, when I've been doing one-to-one -one with agencies, because I'd be so busy, I used to send my emails at 4.30 in the morning and every CEO would answer me. It was the only time I could connect with them and they would answer me within five minutes. I've sat on Zoom calls at half five in the morning before wow. when everyone's working. But that's where you get to network and you know you're at that same level as those people that you're aiming to work with because you're connecting at that time and you've put the time on yourself and that helps if you can be disciplined with yourself you're disciplined with your business you'll be disciplined and you will help your clients and it's little things like that that when you're looking to work with someone notice those things notice how those people work and if they're disciplined with themselves they're going to help you grow absolutely and i haven't i have heard of robin sharma He's Robin Sharma, isn't it? Yeah. I read one of his books, but I haven't heard of the 5am um, club. So that's really interesting. And I think you're right. When you listen to, I mean, if you watch Dragon's Den and stuff like that, um, which is, I like to do that now and again, they they always have their kind of 
disciplined routines and things that they do. And business people, I know one in particular that comes to mind, he's on his treadmill at 5 a.m. every day, two yeah. of them actually. Treadmill every morning, he runs on the beach and he goes up and down stairs about 10 times. Well, I've, I've hurt my back at the minute, so I'm out of action doing that, but I'm still trying to do something yeah. to um, keep me going, you know, keep things moving and keep healthy and fit. So it is interesting to know that, Pearl. I'll have to follow that up. You see, you've given me a pearl of wisdom. See, synchronicities again as well. Yeah. See, this is why this is why these these interviews that you and I do are fantastic. The energy, the stuff we share is just perfect. It's not just for the listeners, it's for you and I that we need to hear these as well. It's wonderful. Absolutely. It's not planned, it just, just comes out. Just comes out. <laughs> Oh, this is wonderful. This really is wonderful. I'm going to go back to the questions now. See, I'm terrible. <laughs> now, Annette, we've talked about how, um, um, where and how you work best. What tools do you use that makes your work life easier? Well, right. There's probably three or four things that I, I use every day. And the first one is meditation. I never start my day without meditating, ever. Um. Living in the moment, and in terms of living in the moment, the practice that I do, so I've been practicing probably about 22 years now, um, which was taught to be by my, he's still my long-term mentor, he's a British doctor, but he trained in Zen Buddhism, and I found that for me worked just amazingly well. Because my, before that, I felt that my life was quite chaotic, there were so many things going on that I couldn't couldn't process so training in adaptation practice as it's called I learned how to sort of live in the moment how to deal with tasks that need to be done how to deal with chaos and crisis and still keep focused which has been so beneficial for my mental health as well so there's that and then in terms of what I do on a daily basis it's kind of a little routine I've got into I might have a list about year big or this big and I break it down into the most three important things that need my attention in the day, first of all. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of am sub-breaking it down into tiny little goals so it doesn't feel overwhelming. So I do that every day. And then I've also learned one of the most important things is not to give my energy to situations that are negative. Oh, wow. I used to do, but I don't now because it, it just sucks. And you, you sat there, aren't you, and there's this this whole atmosphere going on and if I find if I get into a group and people are being like that I just completely I don't mean withdrawing to myself or withdraw from the conversation because I'm not prepared to put myself into it I want to look after my own health and well-being and it might look to somebody else and for anybody who's listening who hears this if you're in a situation where you're in a group and people are really being just horrible I just I, as I say, I just completely withdraw and I just will not engage in it. And people might think, well, I'm being rude or I'm being, is she not inclusive? But it's not that. It's just that I won't put myself in that position. And that's a really powerful thing for me, actually, now I'm saying it. It is. Yep. And it shows how strong you are because there are the leaders and there are the sheep that will follow. And if you're in a group, like you say, where you're getting... and. I'm afraid it tends to work with women a lot where they start to have a bitchy chat and then someone else will join in. Shows the stronger person if you step away and you don't engage in that. And mm. it is, it, it's being aware because it, 
I can still remember years and years ago as kids where people had started smoking and they kept saying to me, smoke, go on, have a cigarette. And I went, no. And they said, you're a coward. I said, no, I'm not. I said, you're the coward because you can't say no. I'm prepared to say no. And I've never, ever had a cigarette in my life. And it's, it's things like that. Sometimes you have to be brave to say that. And it shows how strong you are to say you're not being a coward. You're not being scared. You're stepping up into your own true authentic self and you're being brave enough to speak the truth. Yes. And in a in the corporate world, as you were saying before, people are frightened to do that, aren't they? In many situations, they're frightened to do it because they'll, they'll be looked down on. But actually, I think it's about having self-respect, isn't it? And standing in your own truth, in your own power and not being able to. And I don't really care what people think. If they think... You know me, if I I don't come across as being unfriendly or un, unhelpful or anything, but I would just completely, it would turn me off if I if I got into a situation like that where people were, um, what do they call it, coffee machine bitching or something. Mm-hmm. I would just have to, have to walk away. I just wouldn't do it. And, that, and that, thank you for saying that, Pearl, because that reminds me that I am a strong person to be able to do that. So thank you. And also, we talked before from the spiritual side, if you know your true purpose, you know your sole purpose and what you are here to do and you stick to that resolutely, you Mm. don't have all this other rubbish. It doesn't matter. And you have the confidence and the strength to stand up and say, I don't know if I said, I think we might have said it, uh, the previous interview we did where I'm working with my corporate client. And I was asked to introduce myself to the whole team. So I went to my LinkedIn profile and I said, I'm a digital communications consultant, business and spirituality coach, speaker, trainer, mentor. And I'm a podcast host because I'm so used to doing that. That's almost like my elevator pitch. And afterwards, I mean, it used to be I'd never even mentioned the spiritual bit. And every time I did the one to one afterwards, Everyone mentioned the spirituality bit and they were so pleased. And they said, actually, that's what I'm interested in. And I said, a big thank you to Spirit. That's why I'm working with that client. That's why I was drawn to work with them. But it's being brave, like I said, knowing your true purpose and know why you are there and being confident in it because you're doing that for a reason. And if that's a part of your essence and you're not sharing it, you're doing that a disservice. And by sharing that, you connect with the right people. Like we said at the very beginning, your tribe, those people that resonate with you will follow you from that. And doesn't that go back to as well? It might have been earlier in this interview or, or even previous to that. So we chatted before about um, being afraid to say about the spiritual side and business. I know it was at the start of this interview, yeah. isn't it? Where keep it separate because there's those people out there who will think I'm wacky, will be those. I actually don't give a monkeys anymore about that because it is part of who I am and it, it is an important part of my life. And I know I help I help and do help and help so many people over the years by having spirit give me information that I can give to people in the business sense. So why why would I hide it? It's like having to come out of a closet, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? It really mm-hmm. is. And not anymore. Definitely. I mean, if nothing else, if people listening to this, one massive pearls of wisdom is to say, 
stick to your true authentic self and don't be afraid to speak your truth because every time you speak your truth nothing but good comes from it It, because that's what the universe that's what you're here to do that's what your purpose is and each time you can share that you are closer and closer to fulfilling what you're here to do yes and if you get people who you feel or who you see and we all know them, Pearl, who look down on you because of what you say, well, then you just don't even want to give them your energy. You just need to walk away. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We mm. are so aligned, lovely lady. We, we... <laughs> the more we talk, the uncanniness of it. I mean, how sort of spiritually gifted is that kind of thing? Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to move on now. This is where we get to the real nitty gritty. Oh, no. Is... This is almost the psychoanalysis bit I go into. So, Annette, what would you have done differently in your life if you'd known then what you know now? Oh, so first and foremost, I would have listened to my own intuition. Had I have done that, it would have saved making so many mistakes, including um, bad business decision, which cost us our home and left us in debt. I would have um, begin. I would have begun living a more spiritual life, doing adaptation practice or something else many years before I did. But I suspect that was about timing. Pearl, I was meant to to find that at a time when I was in a you know a really crisis state in my own life. So, yeah, those are the things. Listening to my intuition, definitely, definitely, definitely. When I think about the mistakes I've made. But then some people might say there are no mistakes, but the mistakes have cost us dearly yeah. for both of us. Um, so yeah, that would be my that would be my advice to anybody to listen to your own truth, intuition if you can. Yeah, and it is, and it's a it's a wonderful piece of advice as well. To I think we can all learn from that. That so thank you so much, lovely lady. Oh, it's my huge pleasure, Pearl. <laughs> now this next question. Annette, what is your biggest challenge and why? Okay, so I'm very focused and I'm very driven in a heart-centred way. Um, And following my own dreams, goals and aspirations has been challenging on many occasions for many, many reasons. But, you know, some have been a family, some have been health reasons. But the biggest one for me has been by people, and and this is a really big thing, not being true and not being authentic. So, again, we were chatting about this before. I've been let down many times. I've been ripped off. Um, People have promised me things like, you know, we're going to get you this fabulous book deal and the book will turn into a TV programme or a mini series. And it will be out there and people will get so much from that. I don't mean financially, but people will get get from that messages. And it just never happened. And and being so let down like that, I've had to really dig deep and go into my own resources to help me stay focused and keep moving forward. Yeah. Oh, that is that really is wonderful. And it shows you this is again, we talk about the universe, the universe actually coming in and putting these things in our in our path because it's lessons we need to learn and sometimes if it happens again and again it's because we didn't learn that lesson the first time and the universe will keep knocking until we actually learn and move forward so yes wonderful wonderful advice there 
I'm now going to move to this next one. Now, I was told when I first asked this question, I was told, oh, this is very egocentric. Now, when I pulled these questions together, I didn't for one minute have the ego in mind. It was more a way of getting to know my guest. So I'm going to, I, I've kept it in. So, Annette, how do you want to be remembered? As a woman who inspired others to triumph over their own adversity, having had having coached so many women to triumph over theirs, I just and, and the work that I've done in the third sector, all the community work has always been about inspiring others and helping them to overcome challenges and difficulties and to move forward. And despite anything, so despite being a woman in prison, despite being a woman in a domestic violent relationship, despite coming from a poor background, my, my family were just working class standard, bog basic people. And I've had to overcome all those challenges of that mindset that I, that I was given as a child about money doesn't grow on trees and you can't do this, you can't do that. So I've overcome all that to, to sort of live my truth and to inspire others and that's what I would like to be remembered for that you can triumph despite despite setbacks and challenges oh wonderful and I'd say you are already epitomizing that so yes yes it's a wonderful wonderful way to be remembered and that is something that's already instilled in so many hearts so that is wonderful thank you so much for that Annette thank you Right. Now, this is, again, me going back to see in a child, maybe. But as a child, what did you want to be and how close to that dream are you now? God, well, I wanted to be so many things as a child. One of my favourite things is I wanted to be an actress. I just wanted to be out there and, and be whoever it was on the TV. I'd be like, watch it. This is what I want to be. And then I wanted to be an animal lover, which I am. So I've got cats, I've had dogs, I rescue chickens, I do all sorts of things with animals. I wanted to work with people, which I do. Um, I didn't know at the time it was going to be at the level it is and how, how it would change people's lives. And I really wanted to communicate. And, and, sh and I didn't know at the time, again, as a child, what it was I was going to communicate. But I wanted to communicate and I didn't know how I was going to do that. Um, but as I, as I kind of on a Sunday, this is whoa, way back in the day, and you might not even remember this, Pearl, but there's something on called Pick of the Pops with Alan Freeman. Yes. And if you, you remember that? Yes. And I'd be on there, I'd be like dancing away in the kitchen, and I thought, oh, I just love radio. Look at that. Look how it's lifting. Look how, I mean, it wasn't lifting spirits to me then, but look how happy it makes me feel because this music lights me up, and I love it, and I can sing and I can dance. And I knew there was something about radio that I could do, I could get on there and I could connect and share and I could make people happy, but I didn't know how. And kind of now I'm at the point, discussions again that we've had previously about podcasts, uh, radio, or it might be a different avenue of radio, that I can still do that and I still feel that I've so much to give, helping to lift people's spirits even now. So all those years ago, and I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it about what was my childhood dreams yeah. but yeah so I am probably newer than I ever thought I was oh that is wonderful and you're saying about music music can lift your spirit in so many ways and it brings back memories 
And yes, I can do the meditation music, I can listen to my classical music, but I'm a rock chick at heart. I really am. Give me a bit of Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, something like that with a really heavy beat. And I am in my element. And I know this probably sounds wrong, but you do. You have your playlist for whatever mood you're in. And I know when I was going through my divorce, I used to have a disco in the kitchen with the kids every night. And I put on, because it was shares and strong enough. And if you listen to those words, I would listen to that and I'd say, yes, I am strong enough. I can get through anything. And it's amazing how music and the words that people put to music can really give you that strength to move on, can't it? It, it does, and you kind of you connect with those words, don't you, at the time? And, and I've been sat in my car when we've been going through something, a challenge in life, and there's been a song come on, as you say, and it's just hit me somewhere, and I found myself sort of driving, and I'm crying like, oh, God. But however it must have looked to people, but it just hits you at the right spot at the right time. And then there's times where, like you, I can imagine you singing to Bon Jovi and just stood there singing your head off in your kitchen or your living room or what have you and just really bellowing it out. And it just kind of, it just does something internally, doesn't it? It just lifts you up and, and brings everything out. And I just, I just, I mean, I still love music to this day and I still wonder about singing and I've got my... Uh, my favourite music that I'll put on in the car and things that'll make me cry, things that make me laugh. And it's such a, such a, oh, it's just such a, and it's it's not on prescription, which is yeah. even better. It is. You get those endorphins raised for so many things. I can remember when Spotify first came out and you probably still can, but I don't use Spotify as much, but you used to be able to share on Facebook what you were listening to. So I would, it would be like Def Leppard and it, like I say, it would be Guns and Roses and all these things. And the amount of business connections I made on Facebook and the first thing they would say to me is, I love your choice in music <laughs> because it's, it's almost those things, like we say, you get certain certain anthems that become remind you of certain times in your life and they're things they're those feel good things i mean yes bon jovi are still bringing out their songs but it's their first ones the very first ones that came out i can remember all right i was a lot younger and my figure probably looked a lot different but the memories it brings back from that and I can remember standing on chairs at concert in my leather jeans with the bouncers and security saying oi off you get and I smile sweetly and they say okay then you can stay up there and it would be it would be really <laughs> it really would I could see you doing that Pearl <laughs> I could see it I really could oh, I mean, I, I've said this on a few. I'm only five foot two, so I'm quite diddy. So I'd be there on the chair, and to most of these security guards and bouncers, I'd still only be making eye contact because I was quite small. And then I'd just smile sweetly, and I'd be quite feisty. And then they'd say, oh, yeah, go on then. But I don't don't let everyone do that and things like that. But it is this is all from music, all these memories and the feelings it gives you. And mm. just to see... And it came from dreams, didn't it? The question about dreams. It's amazing yeah. how the conversation can move. And I can feel I'm smiling when I'm talking about all these things. I, when I've had the house to myself, I can remember sending a YouTube playlist 
to the lovely Joe Duckfield and I had her in stitches because I was, I was listening to my meatloaf and everything and it was on full blast all through the house. God knows what the neighbours thought, but I felt good at the time. There's something about having it on full blast, isn't there? Your favourite piece of music, whatever's going on at the time. And it, I don't know why it sounds better, but it just does. It's one of those things that you've got to do, isn't it, in your life? If you do nothing else, put it on full blast. And, do you know, don't you think the world, be, the world would be a so much nicer place if doctors prescribed blasting yourself with some music every day rather than just having to give out senseless medication at times? Oh, that would that would be sheer bliss. It really would, because... You you do those endorphins and everything. They help you in so many ways. They're not chemically induced. They're not done like you said through um through tablets from the doctor and medication. They're done from basically you're feeling good and enjoying life. And it's again, it's getting it's making your soul happy. So you can then connect, like we said earlier in the interview, you connect with your true purpose and your soul and what you need to be doing. And it's just by listening by to a piece of music. And, yeah, I've talked about rock, but you could do the same with classical music. I mean, um, Tchaikovsky's 1812, when you've got all the canons and everything, now if you've got that full blast, that's just as good to make you feel good. Oh, yeah. I mean, doubting yourself, happy basically, isn't it? Or yeah. just being happy by listening to something like that is just, as you would always say, phenomenal. It is. And I can feel it now. I can feel that those happiness hormones and endorphins all like playing about inside because we're sort of talking about music and how exciting it is and it, it, it lifts your energy up and things. And even in my darkest moments, I can put a piece of music on and I might feel sad inside, but I can still connect with that music. Yeah. I can still connect with it. And we go back to mantras and nine times out of ten they have music behind that so you've actually got a chant and a rhythm to help you to say and you're saying you're bringing so much law of attraction wise by actually saying that mantra you're opening yourself up making space to bring the good things in so yes having the music and building your adrenaline and your feel-good um hormones and everything at the same time is just perfect isn't it it is. We are cheap dates, aren't we? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just wonderful. It's a great way to enjoy life. And I think it doesn't cost anything. Like we've said, with lockdown and COVID, there's mm. been so much um, scary things and people have maybe gone into a dark place. Put some music on. I mean, when I, I suffer from postnatal depression... And the lady I spoke to, the psychiatrist, the first thing she said to me is take up line dancing. So she knew all that because she wanted to get you out exercising, having yeah. fun and just enjoying. And again, it's music. So when yeah. we say sound therapy, it's there for a reason, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Oh, it's got me into the mood of having a bit of a boogie after this, Pearl. Definitely. I'm getting <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm now going to move on. This is another one of my passions. And anyone that listens to me, I have thousands and thousands of these, which is why I put them in. So, Annette, can you name three titles of your favourite books and why you've chosen them? Because if I haven't already got them, you can guarantee I'm going to add them to my life. <laughs> you might already have these. So the first one is then The Alchemist 
by Paolo Coelho. Yes, look at this. Look at this. Have you got it. There. Yeah. And I've just shared it there. <laughs> and you know, probably the same as I do about that story. The first time I read it, I just I was in not in a good place mentally, and I just couldn't get what it meant. And then I read it again as I was getting better again. And the story it impacted my life about how it teaches us to follow the wisdom of our hearts, doesn't it? And following our dreams can bring profound changes. And I love that book. And he was an inspiration to me, um, writing for myself, because he'd been, he'd been criticised badly, hadn't he? And he'd been, I think his parents had wanted to put him into a home or something, or a, a mental institution, as it was called, because he wanted to be a writer. But he never gave up. And that that was the thing for me, never gave up. He never gave up on his dream. And as we know, it's been translated into God knows how many how many languages now. And it's as still as good today as it ever was. So that's my first one. Brilliant. The second one is A Woman of Substance by Barbara Taylor Bradford. You've seen yeah. that again. <laughs> so um, that, um, when I was working in the sugar factory, I was reading this book. And when I looked up about what is a woman of substance, it's about um, a woman of substance is a woman of power, a woman of positive influence and a woman of meaning. And I thought that is who I want to be. I want to be that woman. Didn't know how the hell I was going to do it, but that's what I wanted to be. And now on reflection, I feel I'm in that place that I am that, you know, woman of influence and positivity. And that book again, is just one of those, Completely different to The Alchemist, but wow, it's got a message in there, hasn't it? It's got oh, a message. Definitely. Now, I, I sorry, I was going to say I saw Woman of Substance as the TV series because I think Jenny Seagrove. Was oh, there. that's it. Yeah, and it is. I used to love that, and then I started reading the books from it because, again, it's putting a woman in power at a time that they didn't necessarily have that power. And it's a fantastic way to actually get you empowered to do something yourself. It's fabulous. And I was going to say, that's two out of three that you've already got of these. So the third one then <laughs> is End the Struggle and Dance with Life by Susan Jeffers. Haven't got that one, but I'm going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it down. Writing it down. End the struggle and dance with life. She also wrote um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, but the name comes to you then, doesn't it? But again, End the Struggle and Dance with Life, when I was in a dark place, that really gave me some hope. It gave me some light. She herself um, had got breast cancer, and she was talking about how she made that into a positive experience, and I thought, how the hell can I make depression into a positive experience? But some of the her words of wisdom within that book, I've still got it. And I'll often just go and open it. You know, when things are going a bit not good, I'll just open it. And it just reminds me about, you can find something positive out of this. It maybe isn't evident yet, but it will be soon enough. Oh, definitely. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And I'm sure, like me, you could have a list of 20 plus. And most people say to me, why can you only give me three? But it is, it's something, I mean, I can see a whole future episode where we talk about books because oh, yeah. it is, I mean, people that know me, shoes and books are my, and crystals, they're my three things. I have thousands of books, I have hundreds of shoes and crystals. 
I think I'm going to need a room specifically for this <laughs> because you do you find them and you it resonates and then I might get a few because some will be in the bedroom some are on the altar that I've got some are in the literally at my desk and I've had to tidy my desk because all I had was crystals and I couldn't work because of the crystals <laughs> but it in all these things that they resonate and you start to work with and it is and books like I said books knowledge is power mm. and it's that fact that you can always go back a book can become a best friend and like you say you can go back and open something and you get that inspiration once again and when you open a book at a certain page that's the universe showing us that that's what we need to read at that time is that messaging how uplifting does this feel this interview about how you can lift your spirits up through dark times and things like that I just I just love it Pearl thank you I'm so grateful um to be able to share and it pearls of wisdom with pearl of wisdom if you know what I mean oh it's wonderful it's wonderful so I'm now this building on from the books this next oh, question this is this is one some people can can give loads of examples some people find it hard to find just one but Annette who would you say are your key influencers and why okay so the first one is about the adaptation practice that I do so Dr Clive Sherlock he's been a big influence in my life he's kept me on the straight and narrow when I felt I'm going off piece a little bit or when there's been a real difficult emotional time I've rung him and said, right, this is where you need to be. This is what you need to be doing. Just trust me and just do it. And I've, I've done that. So he's been a big influence. My parents on how I didn't want to live. So I don't mean that in negative sense. I used to look at them and think that is not how I want to live my life. <laughs> so your parents can be a positive and a negative influence, can't they? But they influenced me quite a lot and obviously as you know my dad's not been very well recently but um he, yeah he's still kind of an influence on my life he'll always say things you're gonna be amazing you know you're gonna be amazing it's just little things like that and that's lovely and then um Nelson Mandela because he I think from him it's about the art of forgiveness and have, after everything he'd been through, for him to be able to turn around and say he forgave the people who had him in prison all those years, that's a really big thing. So that, that's an influence. And the last thing, I'm sure I've got more, but just for this, you know, we were talking earlier about, um, about business and spirituality. Yeah. So if, if you or any of the listeners watched The Secret, the film, uh, it wasn't the film, sorry, it was more of a 45-minute um like little kind of intro thing to it in the book itself if you read that or watch the uh, cd or dvd or whatever it was at the time there was a guy in there called john Asaraf, and he's a very very successful businessman in the world of personal development now i did quite a lot of trainings with john um mm. two or three years ago um in his groups that he has and stuff and i remember having a conversation with him and i said look you're a very successful businessman. If, you're, if you've got a decision to make, how do you make it? So I expected him to say, you know, well, you know, it's, it's, it's as black and white as this. But anyway, he said, right, Annette. So my business decisions are based on, first of all, I have a mastermind group. He said, and we sit in and we have those meetings about what I'm going to do in my organisations, what my businesses are going to do, blah, blah, blah. 
he said and we'll have that discussion he said and then the next thing I do is as I tune into my brain is I think about it I said and then what he said and then the third thing I'll do is I'll tune into my gut I said and then what he said and if he said if I've got five people in that room with me and they're all saying one thing and I'm listening very intensively he said and I go to my gut and my gut says don't do it he says I won't do it he says I go by my gut and I was like I'm amazed at that I'm amazed that you use your gut I would have thought you use like intellect and uh, all these hypotheses and all he said no no I don't he said that's what I do he said I use my brain my mastermind and I'll go to my gut and that that was a big influence again on me in, in working in business as we were saying before he's got a very spiritual side a very down-to-earth side and then that bit about trusting your gut no matter what and that really really sort of stuck with me and it's I use it well I use it I just live that now I don't mm. it is I just live it does that make sense Pearl? perfect sense and I can resonate with that in so many ways because it is I always use use the word intuition but yeah it is you go by that and each time I haven't listened to my intuition things haven't worked out the way I wanted them to so you learn you learn and you think yes because you can have all those strong business arguments as to why you could do it but if it doesn't feel right if it makes you squirm and you really don't feel comfortable that's because it's not right and you know not to do it and that's yeah. wonderful advice that really is do you not think it pearl and you may or may not agree there's sort of two different things there about if, you, if you're squirming and feeling uncomfortable there's there's the one side where you need to come out of your comfort zone because yeah. you need to stretch. Then there's that side where this feels so uncomfortable. I am not happy with this. And you can feel yourself recoiling. And there's two different ways of, of listening to that, isn't there, really? Definitely, because as I was saying it, I was thinking, yes, I say this when you want to do that growth. Um, when, when when you're scared to do something, but you know you need to. And so it makes gives you butterflies, that squirming in your tummy. But mm. I'd say, and I think most women would relate to this one, say you're going home late at night on your own and you choose whether to go down the dark path or the well-lit path. And because it's quicker, you go down the dark path and your tummy is telling you not to. That's when you listen and you say, that's when you listen to your gut and your intuition and you don't do it. But it's understanding the difference, that bit, that squirm where you're going to grow because you need to do it. And versus understanding that it's scary and you shouldn't do it. And there are two, there's two different understandings. And in a way, they affect your gut and your intuition in a different way. Yes, you might get those tingles, but they will be different tingles. They will make you squirm differently and it's starting to recognise those things. Yeah, and um, I bet you've come across it in your time. And I'm sure, I know I have, but things like you might have been on a date with somebody and it's just not feeling right or you're working in for an organization where the manager of the opposite sex might be making you feel a bit uncomfortable they're they're the similar kind of things that it's a bit of a warning to uh to take stock and and take a step back from the situation and not put yourself in that yeah. so yeah i think a date a date is a very common one isn't it you go on a blind date and you think oh my god he's the best thing since sliced bread he's marvelous but actually all the time your gut's going no get out of there get out of there 
I've, I've got a marriage, a failed marriage to date where I should have listened to my gut and I didn't. <laughs> but it is, it's where you get to, you do learn to listen and that's where it's so wonderful. And when you think of your key influences in the good way and why and knowing, and I'm always going to think of that, think of your gut, concentrate and actually go deep within and what what feels right because yes all this chatter be it good business advice it's still chatter you need to go inside and see what's right for you Mm. oh yes definitely definitely right this next one i need to take a great big deep breath because it is the longest question out of the whole interview but people will see why i've put it in there because i think it's it's great it's just real good fun so annette if you could share a great meal with anyone, alive or dead, what would the meal be and who would it be with? Now, this might sound as a bit of a surprise because I'm so very much into personal development and spiritual stuff and all that kind of thing. So I thought about this, there's so many people that I could have said. But this person, um, I'll tell you the meal first then. So, so the meal would be organic because I'm really into sort of natural things and things like that. I, I like to get as much fresh in season things as I can. So it would be either a, some kind of a fish meal or um, I'm sorry for anybody listening if they're, if they're vegetarian, um, venison because it's a wild food and, it you know, that I just love that kind of thing. Um, it would be a nice casserole, maybe with a nice bottle of red wine, something like that candles not so much about the romance but the ambience of it and the person would be Sir David Attenborough oh wonderful because isn't he a life well lived isn't he somebody who's followed his inspiration and his passion all these years he sounds it in his his 90s and he 90 something 92 and he sounds as enthusiastic and inspiring as he did all those years ago when you take what it takes you back to him going into the jungle and confronting the the monkeys and stuff like that he just sounds so passionate and what an inspiration to live a life like that to be passionate and follow your purpose the way he did does and to sit there and have a meal with him and just listen to what he has to say I probably won't eat anything but just to listen to him talk would be something special it really would oh I love that and this is why I put this question in and the fact that I put a meal with it is it's not like you're going to a conference or something and you're just sitting there and being spoken at with loads of other people this Mm. is sort of the ideal dream landscape where you have the perfect person sit down to enjoy a meal it's relaxed and then it means it will last longer you won't have a time thing like a conference i mean a good meal can last hours because of and everything and that's why i put this in and it's so wonderful normally it makes my mouth water when people share what it is they like to eat so yes the same i agree with you i love all that healthy stuff venison when i'm on my high protein you look at that because it gives you the best of the best mm. uh, but like you say i know that people are vegan and vegetarian but there's also a lot of us that will eat the meat yeah. protein as well and it's, it's just knowing it's what suits us and then having the perfect company it's it's just a brilliant way to share time and space, isn't it? 
it, and it was an amazing question to ask because it conjures up so many people that you would. I mean, yeah. you know, like with my mum, she passed away a few years away. I'd love to be able to sit and have a meal with her and things like that. But it's got to be somebody, hasn't it, who's made a, a profound effect on you in your life. You want to sit there and share intimate time with them and yeah. and listen to their knowledge and what they have to say. And I'm, I, I guess you've had some weird and wonderful answers to that really in, in the time you've been doing these podcasts no doubt at all most definitely and even from the answers to that one question that could be a whole series as well because one lovely lady when I asked her she came back and she said I'd like to speak to God and I went wow oh, it was no. so just to sit can you imagine sitting down with the almighty and asking questions it would it would it would it would last forever, wouldn't it? And to actually have that insight, and I just thought the potential from that, from answering one question, that response could take you on. So I mean, that's a book to be written, isn't it? Oh, wow, yeah. Yes, my conversations with God. I know there's already books like that, but literally, you could sit there and see what would you learn from that. And it is like you say, yes, some of the some of the ideas. A lot of people will mention family. And that shows so much respect and connection. But then there's a lot of people that will say famous people and will go into that and it is, it's wonderful. That's why I put that question in and I love it. <laughs> it is, it's an amazing question to ask. It is, it really is. And the reasons, the reasons behind it as well, it's not about seeking fame and fortune, is it? It's about meeting another person with a human being and finding out what makes them tick and why he's done the things he's done. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, it's just wonderful. Now we're down. <coughs> she says having a bit of a croak in her voice. Last two questions. I'm going to put them together because really they go hand in hand. Okay. This is the one where you get to shout from the rooftops. How can people work with you? What does Annette um, Greenwood do? Now, Annette. What services or items do you offer to your clients or customers? And do you have any special offers on at present? So the services I offer my clients is one-to-one um, -one personal coaching. I am looking at starting to do things in groups at some point, but that's another conversation for you and I to have, Pearl, mm -hmm. about that one. Um, so at the moment, it's one-to-one -one, um, done by Zoom, Skype, or in-person where allowed, and what I generally do is um, work with, with, with the person, usually a woman, about where she's at in her life. So maybe helping her to bounce back from some setbacks or challenges. That might be a relationship problem. It might be that she's trying to find herself. It might be that she's coming out the other side of the menopause and feels quite lost. It might be that she's got problems at work. But they usually challenges that they just feel like they can't overcome on their own so I help them to bounce back in that way I also offer the separate sessions about coaching with spirit but now I'm finding that I'm combining the two really so the two are going together and if somebody's not open to me giving messages from spirit I just don't go there I tend to sense it as I'm going through the to the uh, actual session so that that's what I'm doing and I'm doing that as I say and have been doing that for like 20 years but the sessions evolve I do have um like a set way of doing things if you like so a program that I work to but often that just goes out the window anyway 
and I find that I just go with whatever the person brings. Yeah. I think having having the program there is good because it keeps me focused on where I need to go with somebody. But once I've got sort of the first two sessions where it's about the foundations and where they want to go and looking at visions and things, it tends to take its own direction in a real strange way. So that, that's where I go. And it, it they are very insightful. They are very positive. They're very supportive and very encouraging. I'm not into holding people back. I want them to grow and move forward. So whether you are a cleaner or a CEO, it doesn't really matter to me. It's, just, it's about working with you at the, where you're at and helping you to move forward, really, in an, in an empowered way where you align yourself and make choices that serve you better in your life. That's, that's the best way of describing it, really. In terms of offers, I was thinking about during May, for somebody who's never had a coaching with spirit kind of session and experience where I'd offer a, like a, just one session for them to experience and bring in spirits. And I haven't yet come up with a kind of, a, I'm going to do some kind of a discounted session for that just so they can experience it. So I can always message you with that can I pearl and then people can sort of have that. Because if you've never experienced it, how can you say no? You've got to try it to see how much benefit that you can have by having spirit in your life. Definitely. And to all the listeners, the description, if you read the description, all the links and connections and everything will be in there. I'll, I'll, put, I'll get that information from Annette. I will make sure that this this interview will go live today but it will be shortly followed up with all the description so if you come and you listen and there's no description please come back in a day or so and you'll have all the ways that you can reach out and connect to Annette it just leaves me to say a massive massive thank you you are phenomenal you are fantastic I am so grateful that you and I have met the synchronicities we are meant we are meant to work together and I say to the listeners watch this space there's something special coming up I don't think we know quite what it is yet, but we know it's going to happen. It's going to happen, definitely. So thank you, Annette, for being my guest. And I look forward to when you can come back again. Thank you, Pearl. And I have to say, I feel quite emotional and grateful about um, having met you. You've kind of enriched my life in such a short space of time. Um, and yeah, I just know there's going to be special coming. Something we don't know how, but I don't think we have to. Sometimes it's about just following that journey and that that path, and yeah, it'll all be revealed and it all come out. So thank you again, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is a pleasure, lovely lady. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.